Good morning and welcome to episode 21 of the Elevated Life podcast. I am Noelle Cuero and I am going to be discussing the topic of children not eating what we think they should be eating or want them to eat. Uh, so let's let me define that a little more. I have a very similar conversation all the time with different parents and it's with you know all different people yet it seems to be the same things that are said each and every time which is a parent will say to me you know I'm getting healthy I'm changing what I'm eating I'm understanding the difference between nutrients and chemicals going into my body I understand what I need to do to stay healthy but when it comes to my kids, they won't eat what I ask them to eat. They won't try things. They won't, they're very, very picky. They're picky eaters. So this topic today is going to be all about that because it's very interesting how as human beings, we compartmentalize certain things. Everybody does it. We just all do it with different things. We'll rationalize and defend one thing and yet at the same time condemn something very similar if it's put a different way. So let's talk about food and children. Let's talk about picky eaters. Now if you're a parent and you have a child or children and you've noticed they tend to only want to eat a few specific things over and over and over and they're usually not willing to try new foods that's actually a sign of several things that's going on with the child believe it or not what i have noticed over the years and read and studied and and seen with my own eyes is that children who have food intolerances and food sensitivities, they will tend to automatically want to avoid a lot of different foods because instinct, instinctively they know certain foods don't make them feel good. Long before they're even able to express it or understand it or even comprehend it, it's very, very instinct, instinctive and kind of subliminal that a child will avoid foods that they deep down inside know that they don't make them feel good. So, you know, every family usually has one, at least one picky eater. Let's say there's multiple children in the family, there's usually at least one picky eater. And occasionally there's none, which is great because I know what those parents are doing. They're usually doing what I'm going to start recommending you to do. But very often in an average household, there's at least one picky eater and sometimes all the kids are picky. And so the first reason why kids become picky eaters is very often their bodies are responding to, you know, food intolerances, foods that don't make them feel very good. So they instinctively try to avoid them. And that's the first thing. They don't make them feel good mentally. They don't make them feel good physically. Sometimes they have overt physical reactions, like they'll throw up or have diarrhea or have stomach pains or 
you know, feel really tired or feel really hyped up or even just their brain doesn't feel good. Those are all very typical reactions to food sensitivities or skin rashes or allergies or asthma or even frequent colds, infections, ear infections, all of that, all of that is due to food intolerances. Because when you're eating the right foods, when your child is eating the right foods, and when your child's eating nutrient-dense foods, they don't have these reactions. Because the body cannot be allergic to nutrients. The body is pretty much generally allergic to things that are not nutrients. I'll get into, I'll get into that in a minute. So a child who's a picky eater instinctively is generally avoiding a food because they know that food doesn't usually make them feel good. That's one instance. So like if you're trying to get your kid to drink milk and they just refuse, which is something I would never recommend any parent ever give their child dairy milk, but let's say you're one of those old school parents that still believes, falsely believes that milk is good for their kid and you try to get them to drink it, they refuse. Well, they're instinctively saying, I don't wanna drink it because it doesn't make them feel good. And the same goes with anything you're trying to usually feed them. Now, sometimes children will have a natural aversion to vegetables, especially cooked vegetables, because sometimes cooked vegetables don't smell that great to, to a child. They smell, you know, they don't have that great of a smell. They don't look that great to a child. They're, you know, green or dark or there's all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's textures, but a lot of times children will want to avoid certain vegetables, especially when they're cooked. Again, because they smell or taste kind of different or their texture is off. Um, but I'm going to tell you the number one reason, the number one reason why children don't eat specific things. It's because the parent, you have not gotten them used to eating certain things and you've given them lots of options. So what I always tell parents is when they say, yeah, I'm so frustrated, my child won't eat vegetables, I have to sneak them in, I have to hide them. You know, I think that um, Jerry Seinfeld's wife, Jessica Seinfeld, who's very, very uh, bright and very funny, uh, she's she came out with a cookbook years ago and it was great I mean she she was she had a lot of success with the cookbook it was all about how to hide vegetables in different foods for your children it was really clever even though a lot of the recipes weren't anything what I would recommend you eat but still it was a clever clever idea clever recipes um, because she was dealing with the same problem you know trying to get her kids to eat vegetables so here's the thing Here's the first thing I always ask parents when they're dealing with quote unquote picky eaters. The first thing I ask is, who's buying the food? Who's buying the food? So are the children buying the food or are you buying the food? That's the first question and the obvious answer is you, you're buying the food. The second answer is who's in control of the household? Is the child in control of the household or are you in control of the household? And by control, I mean who's setting the tone, who sets the rules. See, so, and, you know, obviously most parents will say, you know, I'm in control of the household. 
And sometimes parents will be very honest and say, you know what? My kids are in control of the household. I feel like they run the house. I don't feel like I have any control over my children. So, and I'm just using the word control. I don't like using that word specifically as if you're just like, you, like you own your children and you're, but I just, I just mean that very often every parent knows what this feels like to feel a little out of control with your ch child. Like you'll do anything to avoid them screaming or yelling or you'll do anything to avoid an argument or getting, having them break down or have a temper tantrum. Now, I personally don't have children that have ever had temper tantrums. However, I've been around children who do and I know that it's awful and it's kind of an out of control situation. And there's all sorts of reasons kids have temper tantrums, not necessarily because they're really terrible kids or anything. It's just they're feeling like they don't have any other way of expressing themselves. So anyway, uh, if you have a child who you're almost a little bit afraid of, like you're to do anything to avoid a battle or them freaking out or breaking down or screaming or yelling, you just sort of give in. So when it comes to mealtime, you say, uh, parents generally will say, what do you want to eat? What do you guys want to have for dinner? They ask the kids, or what do you want to have for lunch? You ask your children. Now, it's great to ask, it's great to give your children options. I think that's a great thing to do in, in a lot of situations. Here's where I don't think it's a good idea to do. I don't think it's a good idea to give young children an option when it comes to food. Because, um, you know, and especially if you're trying to get them to eat healthier foods. Now, let's say all the options are super healthy, then that's a little different. You can, and if, you, if you're the kind of person, you have lots of different options ready and you're a really efficient cook and you're really uh, organized and you're, you have all these different meals prepared, amazing, great, and they're all healthy, great, give your kids options. But most people, you know, if you're anything like me, I'm, I, I'm, I do one thing at a time. Like I'm gonna make one meal. I don't make four different meals or four different versions. I don't have time for that. So I make one thing. Now, what I always did with my children, and I'm not trying to say I'm perfect and great and better than anyone else. I'm just saying what I always did, which is I never gave my children an option. They had to eat what was put in front of them. And sure, there were times they didn't want to eat it or they didn't like everything they were being given. Fine, don't eat everything. It's, you'll have another option, another opportunity to eat in a few hours when the next meal rolls around. Now, a lot of parents have this ingrained fear that their child, if they miss a meal, is gonna starve to death. Like the rebellious child, we've, you know, again, a lot of parents have very, very stubborn, set in their ways, very, very stubborn children, and they're just not gonna give in. They're gonna, they'll sit there and they say, no, I'm not eating it. Okay, that's fine. What I always tell a parent to do is when you give your child food and they don't want to eat it, but you know it's full of nutrients and that is the food they should be eating and that's the only option they have, you just say, that's fine, you don't have to eat it. When the next meal comes around, you can try again for a different meal, That the next meal that happens. I don't recommend making a child eat. I don't recommend forcing children to eat ever, 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 uh, because again, 
it will give them a terrible association with food. You can develop all sorts of food issues when children are forced to eat anything. I do not agree with that at all. However, I do not agree with giving your children options. Okay, well, you don't want to eat the healthy meal? Well, then I'll give you the chicken nuggets and french fries because I know that's the only thing that you're going to eat. That also is not okay because think about what you're doing when you give in to your kid like that. You're teaching them that they have full control over every situation, first of all, when it comes to food, over the food situations, I mean. Secondly, innately children do not want to be in control. It's very scary for children to think they're running the show. It's a very scary thing psychologically for, for a child. And as a, as a child, as an adult child of two psychologists, two ch child psychologists personally here, I can attest to the fact that children do not do well when they're in control. So when parents are quote unquote weak under their children's, you know, spell, uh, or they're just trying to avoid fights, or they're just so afraid their child will, won't eat when it comes to mealtime and they give in, what's happening is you're giving your child control and psychologically that sets them up for disaster. Because when a parent gives a child control, just think about what happens when they start getting into the real world more and they don't have nearly the control they think they do at home. That's one thing. And then the second thing, it's very scary for a child to think they're running the show because they know that they don't know as much as you. You're the parent. So if they're running the show, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for adults? What does that mean for a lot of things? It's, it creates a lot of insecurity for a child when they can bulldoze all over you. It really does. There's a lot to be said for, for being firm with your child and laying down some boundaries. There's a lot to be said for that. You actually create much stronger-minded, independent-thinking children by doing that because, and they, it's it's the nature of things for children to respect their parents. They want to respect their parents. It's ingrained in them to respect you. But when they bulldoze all over you or they control every situation, they do not respect you. And when a child doesn't respect their parent, it creates a lot of problems for that child later on in life. And even early on in life. It, they, they generally don't respect their teachers. They don't respect other adults. They, you know, and... That's a, that's a whole nother topic. But I, for food's sake, I wanna get into that a little more. I wanna give you another scenario. So you make a meal for your child. Let's say it's steamed vegetables, a little bit of chicken, whatever, that's it. Let's say that's it, that's it for dinner. And you put it in front of your child and your child says, ew, that's disgusting, I don't wanna eat it, it smells bad, I don't like it. And you, you don't even say another word. You don't get into a conversation. You don't start explaining anything. It really is a waste of time with a child. They don't care. They're not interested in that moment. Later on in another moment, when you're not eating, you maybe can explain it. But in that moment, it is not the time to explain anything. In that moment, all you say is, that's fine. You don't have to eat it. Don't worry about it. Um, I'll eat it later. Or I'll have it for lunch tomorrow. Um, and then tomorrow morning you can have breakfast when the next meal is. What do you mean? I can't eat. There's nothing I'm going to be able to eat. No, this is it. This is all you're going to have. 
And now the child will do two things. They'll either get up and leave the table and not eat anything, or they might pick at it and eat a little or try a little, or they may just sit there and sulk and throw a temper tantrum. Either way, if your child starts to get out of control and you feel like they're really like rebelling and making your life miserable, leave the room. I always say to parents, you know, if a child wants to freak out, don't have them torture you in it. You know, don't jump into the mix and let them torture you. Just leave the room, leave the environment, walk outside. You know, kids feed off of being able to manipulate you. And again, it's not because they're evil and trying to be manipulative, it's just human nature. So when a child sees a parent getting sucked into their stuff, they'll just keep going and going. But if you leave the room, there's nobody to fight with. They don't have anybody to argue with or so that's what I recommend. I really do recommend leaving the situation when your child gets out of Just leave. Walk away. Do not engage in it. Because it takes two people to engage. And your child wants you to engage back. They want to try to make you feel bad. They want to say all sorts of things. Whatever. It depends on the age of the child. All, you know, all different children at all different ages do different things. Um, and I've seen it all. Again, I have two children, so I really have seen a lot. But... Um, I, I just, that's my suggestion. Now, when I hear a parent say, but my child will just never eat that, they'll never eat it. Okay, well, that's not true, okay? It only takes two or three times for anybody's taste buds of trying something to change. Two or three times, and at the very most, seven times. That's a scientific fact. So seven times of trying something for your taste buds to change. Now, one thing I've noticed in working with so many people through healing programs and, and healing situations where they're really, really ill one minute and the next minute they're really, really healthy. The one thing I always say in the beginning when somebody's trying lots of new, maybe juices or smoothies or soups or foods that they have never tried or vegetables they've never tried. Um, and at first, for example, let's use wheatgrass. You know, I've, if somebody drinks wheatgrass for the first time, it might taste absolutely repulsive and disgusting to one person and completely delicious to another. And to another, it might have no taste. But to some people, they have such an aversion to wheatgrass specifically. It's, it's like they can't even stomach it. It makes them gag. It makes them feel nauseous. They can't even stand the, the smell, the taste. So that very same person with those types of reactions, after maybe a week or maybe two weeks will not only enjoy the wheatgrass, they'll actually start to crave it and like it. So the person who hates something that the most you could possibly hate anything is very often the same person uh, within a week or two to actually crave and love that very item, the food item. And the same goes for kids. Now kids' cells turn over even faster than adults' cells so their taste bud cells actually turn over really quickly. So the minute you take out all those artificial flavors and sugars and salts and oils that they're addicted to, totally, totally addicted to, once you take those out of the option arena and they have real nutrient options, at first those real nutrient options might not taste as good as the sugary, salty, flavor chemical filled foods 
that all the food chemists know how to get our kids addicted to, of course, they taste great. They taste great to a child because they know how to get kids addicted. However, it's your fault that your child becomes addicted to any of those foods because you're buying them. It is your fault. And you should never feel bad, but it's very important to take responsibility. So when a, when a parent, it's like when a parent says, but my kid's really picky eater, it's like they're not taking any responsibility. It's like it's all the kid's fault for being picky. It's like it's the kid's problem and they were born that way. Kids weren't born that way. They learn it. They learn how to be picky and then we just keep it going. So we also project a lot onto our kids. We want our kids to not necessarily go through what we went through when we were children. So we do all sorts of different things with our kids. So like if we were forced to eat vegetables, we don't want to put our own kids through that because it was so horrible for us. So we don't want to make our kids suffer through that. Or we never got a chance to eat sweets. So we want our kids to be able to eat all the sweets they want because we know we never got a chance to eat sweets. Or we do all sorts of things with our kids. We project so much garbage onto our kids and so much psychological stuff. Some of us do exactly what our own parents did. Some of us do the opposite of what our parents did. But either way, we're projecting onto our kids and we're, we're, we're doing what we wanted. We do, we're doing to our kids what we wanted done to us, generally. Generally, that's what we do. So if we suffered, we don't want our kids to quote unquote suffer, so we do the opposite. And it can't, you know, you, there's almost no place you see this more than when it comes to food. Just like we pass on all our same addictions to our children. If you're a big alcohol drinker and that's a, a way of life and a daily, a daily thing for you, it's a 90% chance your child will be a daily alcohol drinker just like you. That's what they see, that's what they grow up, that's what they experience. If you have ice cream after dinner every night and that's the thing you do in the house, your kid will absolutely have ice cream after dinner every night and they will keep passing that on. That's what we do to our kids. We just teach them our own behaviors and habits. No matter how unhealthy they are for us, no matter how bad we feel about these habits, no matter how much we even want to change these habits ourselves. Because most adults know the habits they have that are not healthy. Most adults are fully aware of the things they do that are not healthy. They smoke, they drink, they do drugs occasionally or all the time. They're taking prescriptions. They're eating lots and lots of processed foods. People know what they do. I mean, we're not, you know, we know what we do. We're either passing all that on or we're not. That's just always a choice. And the thing is, it's never too late. It's never ever too late. Cause you're never, you, you know, you might even be listening to this and maybe I'm hitting a nerve with some of this and be thinking, well, it's too late. My kids are older, you know, they're teenagers or they're almost teenagers. They're never gonna change now. I, that would never work. I can't change anything. I'm gonna tell you that's not true. I can't even tell you how many countless families I've worked with, with the most stubborn, um, and I, for lack of a better word, bratty teenagers you've ever met 
resistant, bratty, stubborn, know-it-all, everything a teenager, a teenager can be. I've worked with families with those teenagers and come in and worked with one family member to try to get them to overhaul their health. And lo and behold, these stubborn, cranky, know-it-all teenagers who, you know, don't want to listen to anything an adult has to say ever are the very ones getting in, you know, joining in on the bandwagon with the, with the, the different food choices, surprisingly interested, surprisingly liking it, surprisingly open. Like you just never know. You really don't ever know. And when it comes to young children, while they're still young and while you're still the parent buying the food, you are in complete control of what they eat or don't eat most of the time. Listen, I know what it's like. We all have, we, there's always going to be birthday parties. There's always going to be celebrations and events. And there's always going to be things at school where we all know nobody ever brings in real food to school. It's just a garbage pit of garbage at school. You know, you're going to have every possible fake chemical laden food at school functions and parties fine but here's the thing who cares so if you get something at school once a month as opposed to giving it to your child three times a day who cares it's not about once a month or once a week it's what are you doing every single day with your child and are they eating chemicals are they eating sugars are they eating flavorings, high levels of salt, bad genetically modified grains that don't digest and sugars that light up the same areas of the brain as heroin and are they are are they are you literally turning your child into an immune system weakened adrenaline junkie because if you feed them sugar and chemicals and flavorings and MSG and all these neurotoxins and food colorings and they're proven carcinogens in our food. If you're feeding your kid these, these ingredients every day in some version, you are creating a weakened immune system 24 hours a day for that child. And you're also creating brain dysfunction for that child because the brain is just another organ like the stomach or the liver and the brain can only the the neurotransmitters in the brain can only function optimally when the body's getting the right amount of nutrients so if you're starting the day with a bowl of cereal genetically modified gluten-filled cereal that not only doesn't digest properly or break down properly there's literally no nutrients in it you're putting cow's milk in it. It's not only no nutrients, but it's inflammatory, filled with flavors, sugars, colorings, toxins. If you're doing that every day, that's how they start their day. And then they get to school and they have a snack bar that you gave them, some genetically modified filled with sugar protein bar of some sort. And then they have a juice pop and then they have a, a yogurt cup filled with sugars and flavors and inflammatory pasteurized, homogenized, fortified dairy, and then you're giving them, you know, breads, uh, sandwiches with 
you know, mold-filled peanut butter, which is the moldiest crop on earth is peanuts, if, especially if they're not organic. And they're, it's filled with oils and sugars and flavorings. And then jelly on gluten-filled bread. And then dinners, chicken nuggets and french fries from the freezer maybe. Or maybe you stopped and picked up pizza. Now just think about how many actual nutrients your, chi your child's actually getting every day. It's a very important thing to think about because in my opinion, the most, the most important thing we can do as a parent is keep our child healthy while they're in our care and teach our children at a very young age how to honor, value, and nurture and nourish their bodies, how to be totally in love with their body and themselves, how to feel, feel so amazing health-wise that they go into the world every day with a clear head, with a bright mind, with endless potential and possibilities where they, they, they can feel good, think clearly, they have good energy, they're happy with their, they have good self-esteem because their body is healthy and strong and not overweight. Uh, you know, these are important things to teach our children because they go into the world as they get older, very confident human beings and they feel very unstoppable. And these are the kids that change the world. These are the, these are the people we bring into the world that feel good about themselves. They feel loving. They are not agitated and violent and angry because their brain's not out of control. They're not anxious and depressed. They don't have ADHD and ADD and OCD. They do not have all these neurochemical issues because their body is getting the right amount of nutrients it needs. And that's why this is the most important thing we can do as a parent. This is truly what I believe. We can teach our kids all sorts of values. We can talk about all sorts of great things with our kids. We can be role models in many different aspects of their lives. But to teach your children how to honor and nourish and nurture and, and value and really take care of their body and fall in love with themselves and feel strong, feel healthy, be active, have energy. When kids eat this garbage food, they don't have energy. Or some kids have too much energy and they feel like they're going crazy. You know, this is the most important thing you can do as a parent, in my opinion, is place their health as a number one priority. Make sure they know there's nothing more important than learning how to take care of their own bodies. It's very empowering. It creates a lot of self-confidence. And so the next time you have something come up at dinner or lunch or breakfast and, a and your child says, no, I don't want to eat that. If you're putting a high density nutrient food in front of your child and they don't want to eat it, all you need to say is that's okay. You can eat the next meal because this is all you're eating now. And that's all you need to say. End of story, period, leave the room if they wanna engage. You don't explain, you don't need to do any of that. It's not, you can talk about why later. There's really dozens of movies available right now on Netflix and YouTube and HBO and all these channels that are pretty much free for the most part 
that you can sit down with your family and watch these movies and they're very educational and they're entertaining, they're informative, and they explain why certain foods are so dangerous. They explain why it's important to eat a certain way or get certain nutrients. They do a great job of really explaining so that your child feels excited and empowered. I've actually worked with children who have gone on to become very passionate about what they're eating to the point where they're where they become literally like young chefs and they go on to get certified in yoga at the age of 12 and 13 and they just become so into being healthy and feeling good because they at one point felt so bad and they know what it's like to feel so bad that they love feeling good and that's the thing is your child very often doesn't even know that they feel bad they don't know how to even explain it because they don't even know a difference so when your child starts to feel really really good just like the same thing that happens to adults very often adults don't know how bad they feel until they start feeling really good and then they go wow I didn't even realize how bad I was feeling that's what happens when you get lots of nutrients coming into the body on a consistent basis day after day so please try to keep your house full of nutrients. Ask yourself, is this a high density nutrient going into my child's body or is it a chemical? Is it genetically modified? Is it sprayed? Is it fertilized? Is it filled with flavors, colors, preservatives, salts, sugars, bad oils? Those are not nutrients. And we need nutrients to thrive, survive, heal, prosper, for our cells to replace with healthier cells. You know, I just want to say this. I, I relate to the struggle of being a parent in every way. I have a child with special needs. My, my second child, my son has Down syndrome. So I know what it's like to struggle with a child. I know what it's like to struggle with certain behaviors. I know what it's like to have to get into situations where you're so frustrated you don't even know how to handle it as a parent I've been there a thousand times over any parent with a child with special needs knows what that's like but all I can tell you is this the best thing I've ever done for both of my children is teach them how to take care of themselves and value what they eat and I'm telling you my kids will eat anything their first choice is a big salad they love salads they love vegetables they just like the taste of them because they grew up eating it they never had an option so that's the stuff they go for because that's what tastes good for them if you give them a plate of fried food or a bunch of sugar they at literally they'll have maybe one or two bites but it doesn't taste good to them and that's what happens when your body your child's body starts to heal and get healthy is healthy foods actually taste 10 times better than unhealthy foods because the unhealthy food will have certain flavors that always taste a little good but only in very small amounts so you'll, they'll have a few tastes of it or bites of it and they go you know what I don't like it or they'll eat something like pizza and maybe on a special occasion have something like that and it doesn't make them feel good so they don't want any more of it and that's kind of you know that's kind of what happens so you create a really healthy eater you create a healthy kid and you're creating a kid that goes out into the world feeling good they don't have all these lingering health issues they don't get sick anymore their brain functions clearly and they feel vital and they feel self-confident because they look good too kids want to look good they want to feel good look good they want to you know look in the mirror and go wow I look good everybody does and so that's what eating nutrients will do for for everybody so that's kind of what I wanted to share 
share with you. If you feel like you're battling with your kids and nothing you've done has worked, feel free to reach out to me at thebodyreset.com. I hope you subscribe so that you can get one podcast a day emailed to you for 365 days in a row, theelevatedlifepodcast.com. Pass this on to anybody you think could benefit from this information. I do this because I am so passionate about sharing these little tips and tricks and this information that can literally change your life if you, you know, allow it to. And... I love interaction, ask questions. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, feel free to leave comments or ask questions, uh, even if you don't agree. So um, I love hearing from you, but maybe not if you don't agree. No, I'm just kidding. You can leave something. Um, But I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you for letting me share this information with you. And remember, your kids want to feel good. And when they're getting chemicals for food, they don't feel good. So it's not a reward. We think we're rewarding our kids when we give them all this sugar. Here, have some ice cream. You did so good. Have some cake. You did so good. But the truth is, we're not rewarding them because we're just basically giving them a drug that lights up the same area of the brain as heroin, and we're we're creating a drug addict out of our child. And that doesn't even make them feel good. It might for 10, 20 minutes where they get that sugar high, but then afterwards they don't feel good. So we're really not doing them any, any favors. So thanks for letting me share this with you. I appreciate, um, I appreciate you, and I hope you pass this on. Have an amazing day, and I will talk with you tomorrow.